Welcome to the Best Hour of Their Day podcast with your hosts, Jason Fernandez and me, Jason Ackerman. With more than 20 years in the business, as both coaches and affiliate owners, our passion is to help create world-class affiliates and coaches by building better boxes. Welcome to the best hour of your day. Burn, you and I get asked all the time, how do you run a successful gym? And when people ask us this, oftentimes they're in search of something tangible. They want a response such as like, here's the magic pill or here's the key. Here's the one thing you need to do. And everything is going to be sunshine and rainbows for the rest of your days. And then when we start to hit them with the, the true ways that you run a successful fill, they're like, wait, um, that sounds like a lot of work. So the challenge is how do you run a successful gym? But also when we give people these different answers, ultimately what they come down to is do the right things for the right people, run an effective class, help people get results. And by doing that, you're giving them the best hour of their day. It has nothing to do with the color of the walls. It doesn't matter what the programming is. You know, all of that stuff has certainly some value to it. Yes. If, if you paint your walls, you know, puke orange, probably not going to be the best color scheme, you know, for t-shirts and other things. However, you can paint your walls lime green like CrossFit Rife does and still have 500 members, right? Certainly not my favorite color, but it wouldn't impact whether or not I joined the place. What would impact whether or not I joined the place is I show up, Cassidy, Lindsay, you, you know my name. Uh, you're going to give me great coaching. You're going to push me to be better. So let's dig into this idea of best hour of their day. Because obviously, aside from a concept and something you and I both believe in, it's the name of our business. I, I think a lot of the pushback or a lot of the... Uh... I don't know, contrarians to the idea are, are only reading it for face value and that's not what it's about. So it's just like, should it be the best hour of people's day? Uh, I don't know. Who cares? That's not the point. And what I mean by that is that's a subjective idea, right? Like is it the best hour of somebody's day? Because you could be right in both scenarios. Like, right. We're pro probably, there's a large argument for, you know, it should not be because they should have other great things in their life. And there's a really strong argument that uh, in many instances, any instances, it absolutely is uh, because I just got a, a really um, kind of like heartfelt text from one of our clients, but it was a text from one of his members to him. And I mean, it was, it was, you know, uh, tear worthy. And they would be like, you like, thank you for what you guys have done over the past, like seven to nine months. Like you've literally changed my life. And this place is something that I can never repay you for. And when we're talking about best hour of their day, that's what we're referring to. So just replace best hour of their day with impact, right? And if we think about what we define as a theoretical hierarchy for the, for the, for the gym, the, the top of that pyramid is impact. That's, that's the point. And when we're talking about best hour of their day, we're not talking about was this the was this the highlight of somebody's Tuesday, right? Absolutely, it should be. But if we're only thinking in the context of a twenty four hour period, or we're thinking only surface level, well, this is where people are missing the boat. And we're we're talking about impact, and this is you know a conversation I was having with somebody the other day about coaching, and they're like, you know, I just really want to be a better coach, and they're like, how do I do that? And 
it's the same answer and it's a slippery answer. And it's like, I can give you the framework, but the juice that's in the middle, right? That's, that's all the, that's all the stuff that I really, there's no outline for it other than like continually push your own margins to try to improve the things that you do, whether we're talking about being a great coach or being a great affiliate owner, it's the gray. We know the black and white. We know the basic principles of being a good coach, you know, teach, see, correct group management, presence, and attitude demonstration. Those are the pillars, right? But excellence or, or being a master at something, that's in the gray. That's all the intangible stuff. That's the stuff that you can't give anybody a blueprint for. It's, it's, it's the pursuit of knowledge and it's the pursuit of continual self-evaluation. It's the pursuit of being better every single day, even if it's the most minute thing, pick up trash. You know, we were talking yesterday in my, uh, in one of our small group calls and talking about, we're just talking about leadership. And I used to go to this basketball camp when I was little. And, um, and one of the, it wasn't a basketball camp, oddly enough, it was a basketball camp, but that when I look back at it now, that's not what it was about. It was just about making good human beings, kind of like how CrossFit is. And he would, uh, Coach Dean, who was his dad, was the athletic director at LSU many years ago. But he they had this thing where like, "What do you do when the trash is full?" And everybody would the whole camp would chant. They'd be like, "Take it out, sir!" Right? And it was just like simple concept, right? It was like, "What do you do when the trash is full?" You take it out. You take it out unprompted. You take it out not because there's repercussions. You take it out because it's what's supposed to be done. That's what best hour of their day is about. It's about pursuing things for the purpose of being better at them, not necessarily because there's supposed to be this very finite objective outcome. That will happen if you are great at something. We all know that, but that's not what it's about. Well, I mean, very well said. And I think the other thing to consider there is, well, if you don't set that standard at the absolute top, like I want this to be the best hour of their day, well, then what are you shooting for? And everyone that argues with us, and that's not why we're recording this. We're recording this not because people don't agree with us. We're recording this to show you our stance and our belief. And it doesn't matter to us whether you know we get tagged every day when someone says this shouldn't be the best hour of their day. Someone tags us. Cool. We don't think so either. I hope deep down you go on either of our social medias, you go on Katie's social media, whether it's kids or dogs or significant others. We hope that there's something else in this life that brings you great joy, happiness, you know, fulfillment and gratitude. However, as a gym owner and a coach, I should be striving for that because you do have members that don't have those things. I got the same text as you. I know exactly who you're talking about and it's moving. And if you're not trying to do that, because you never know, like you said, you know, it might not be this hour, but I can tell you what, anyone listening to this show right now, if they think about their past experience at the gym that they go to at their favorite affiliate where they are now it's not one hour it's weeks it's months it's years it's the confidence you have today that you didn't have three years ago when you were walked into you know affiliate xyz that you now have now at the same time working out's a lot of fun let's not i don't know enough about the science behind it fern maybe does but there's endorphins and dopamine and all that good stuff that is happening inside your body. So there is a scientific reason that when you work out and especially when you have a great workout and you feel good and we all know what that feels like, maybe you hit your first muscle up in the open or maybe you just hit a new PR today. But when you do those things, you feel great. And if that now lends itself to you being a better husband, wife, father, mother, uh, employee, uh, colleague, 
great. Why, why would I not want to dig deeper into that? I mean, coach Glassman, you know, say what you will about the man, but when asked, how do you run a successful affiliate firm? He responded with care, 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 care. And again, say what you will about the man. Um, pretty sure he has more money than you, whoever's listening to this. So that, that, that worked out pretty well for him. Like whatever happened at the end, I get you with, but let's not forget we're all here because the impact CrossFit had to us. And it started with one man's belief that simply caring about your members goes a long way. And I think that in and of itself is the difference between CrossFit and any other fitness program. Let's not forget the methodology works at the end of the year, every year, the person on top of the podium is in fact a CrossFitter. I mean, all three podium spots, the top 10, the top 20, deeper than that. They all do CrossFit. No one's doing Spartan races. No one's doing bodybuilding, showing up at the games and becoming the fittest on earth. And I believe everyone listening believes it's the fittest on earth. No one is saying, oh, well, this test wasn't great. And if they go do this other thing, they're fitter. No, the games measures that. The games always produces the best on earth. And it starts from caring. And the greatest programs out there don't matter if they're not fun, and someone above you doesn't care about your success. The, I think the big takeaway, like if we just think about most affiliate owners, if you're listening to this, you probably took out a loan that you might not be able to afford. You probably, you might've quit your job. You might've made some significant sacrifices in your life to pursue this thing. And my contention is if it was worth it to you, to make that level of sacrifice, I, I really find it hard to believe that you would be chasing anything other than the best possible version of the affiliate that you dreamed of. That just sounds patently insane to me. I know I didn't. I know I, know I was just, somebody asked me a question and I kind of went down um, memory lane there. And I, was, and, I, and I said this and I said, if I was to rewind back 12 years and, and I was to go back to 2009-ish, eight, whenever that was, and I was to visit myself then, and I was to tell my, my then self what it was going to cost me to get to today, full disclosure, I'm not entirely sure I would have chased it. I've been like, hey, this is, this is the amount of money that you're going to lose. This is the amount of nights of sleep you're going to lose. This is the stress that's going to cause you. Um, because it's a lot, right? And I'm, I've never minced words about that. Like bu business ownership is not easy, right? However, in talking to myself 12 years ago, I would at the same, in the same breath, I'd say, listen, here's what's going to cost you, but it's totally fucking worth it. You will not be disappointed if you go through all of that. And the only way you're going to do that, there is no other means is by continually trying to be better at what it is that you do. Find the things you're bad at, just like we talked about in CrossFit. What are your weaknesses? You stand more to gain by diving headlong into the pursuit of your weaknesses than you do by chasing the things that you're good at. And it is the same in business ownership. And the people that struggle are the people that refuse to acknowledge their weaknesses. And that is what best hour of their day is about. It's not about patting you on the back or chasing shiny objects. It's about doing the simple things well. So replace it with virtuosity or mastery or whatever you want. But that's, the, that's what's behind the cloak. That's what we're teaching people. It's mastery. And it's, and it's the simple things.
the number of people that we work with on a daily basis that, that are just like, man, I just, this is just, it's just simple. And I'm, and I'm like, correct. It doesn't need to be complex again, not to be confused with easy, but if there's parts of it that are painful. However, what I will tell you is it's worth it. I cannot think of a more worthwhile pursuit than having significant lifelong impact on another human being. I don't know what else you would you would want out of life, quite frankly. I, and I wrap up anytime we talk to a potential client, I wrap up the calls with, hey, I just want to be extremely transparent. We're not going to teach you anything earth shattering. So if you're here for that, it's not the right place. But think about these other people, Tony Robbins, the Grant Cardones, the Damon Johns. If you sign up with them to be your coach, your mentor, they're not teaching you anything earth shattering either. I mean, Robin Sharma, what do you have to do? Well, get your ass out of bed at 5 a.m. Oh, I just wanted a magic pill. Hey, that is the magic pill. Right. Right. And 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 for so many people we talk to, it's like, oh, man, I don't know why three months, six months in, they're like, I just got 10 new members today. What did I do? And I'm like, it's not anything you did today. It's the last three months, six months, a year's worth of work that compounds. And it's no different. Like I said, if you work with a personal mentor or a coaching mentor, if they're trying to sell you, hey, this is something completely different and this is the latest, greatest new thing, you need to run from that person. Because going back again to Coach Glassman, master the basics. And when you think you've done that, go back and revisit them. And I can tell you in 2022, it's way more important to be thinking about it from that perspective of best hour of their day than it was in 2007 when I launched. Because in 2007, I was an asshole. I did not give a shit about giving the best hour of their day. It was the best hour of my day, which then meant it should also be the best hour of your day by proxy, but it wasn't. But here was the, here was the rub. Oh, by the way, if you like this CrossFit thing, there's nowhere else to go. So you're stuck with me. Where nowadays, if you don't do that, if you don't provide that to somebody, they're going to be like, well, there's actually a box a uh, half a mile away. I'm going to go to that one instead. This happened yesterday. So I was sitting in the lounge. I was waiting for the 3 p.m. class. And uh, one of the members comes in. I was like, hey, there's, um, there's somebody who's waiting at the front desk. And it was uh, somebody that come to check the gym out who was referred to us by one of our clients. And everybody was busy. And I don't really do that anymore. But I was just like, I popped up, got to go. And I was like, I'm, I'm back in it, right? I'm back in the mix, which was fun, by the way. So I walk up there. So sit down, walk through the whole process, give them a tour around the gym, you know, we go back up to the front where, where he's like, Hey, I'm going to go check out this other gym. Tells me the name of the other gym. And in my mind, I immediately think I'd be like, I'll see you tomorrow. Right. Why not? Because we're in air quotes better than this gym, but because I know the level that we've put into giving people a good experience, the level of coaching that we have inside the building, making sure that the facility doesn't look like a trash can, all of that stuff. And guess what? text this morning. He's like, Hey, I call, I was with you guys yesterday. Uh, do you got, can I start this morning? Right. That, but again, that's not magic. That's 12 years of fucking things up and breaking things and getting it wrong and losing money and firing coaches and, and screwing up programming and messing up class schedules and sleeping in for 6am that I'm supposed to be at. That's all those things. But I'm confident in that because the entire thing was predicated on like continually trying to get better. No different than being, than being a coach. That's what it takes, 
right? It, it, that's the point. And that's why I'm so confident. Like, I'm going to go check out another gym. And I, I was joking with Cassie today. I was like, that's the guy that came in yesterday. And I told him what I thought. And he was like, yep, see you tomorrow. And I was like, right. We already know what's going to happen. But we're not resting on our laurels for that. We're continuing trying to push the margin to get better. Again, widening the gap between ourselves and everybody else, not at their expense, but just by trying to outpace everybody. That's what it's about, right? That it's, it's continually trying, like, what are the holes? How can we continue to refine and polish things that we already do okay and do them really, really, really well? You know, the idea of mastery shouldn't be lost on everybody. And it's okay if you're not there. Um, again, don't look too far down the road. Just worry about what's the next step in front of me that I can get to that would lend itself to two years, five years, 12 years down the road saying, I'm not really sure if this is mastery, but I'm pretty confident I'm on the right path. I'm, cre- I'm pretty confident like this is the road. And we all know that like if you're truly pursuing mastery, like it just doesn't end. It just keeps going. But really what I'm looking for is the confidence to say like I'm on the right path instead of always looking for the new thing. And here's the key. If you're really chasing this idea of best hour of their day, and I'm tracing mastery in all the facets of running my affiliate, those skills are forever. They're impervious to the market. They're impervious to the new thing. They're impervious to all of that shit. You will be able to compete in any environment if you are in fact trying to be the best. It won't matter. This is the conversation we were having in the in that thread the other day. And people were just missing the boat about like the shitty box idea, this mythical shitty box. I'm like, it doesn't matter. If you think it matters, you are focused on the wrong thing, which is not you and not being better at your thing inside the walls of your gym with your members at your affiliate. That's what matters. And again, if you're, cho- if you're chasing that, and if you're chasing it like a crazy person, None of the other stuff matters. You will be able to survive and thrive whenever the next shit show starts to begin. It won't matter. And the other cool thing about it, Fern, is if you truly care about other people inside the walls of your gym, it's going to extend outside of the walls. You don't become a better human being inside the walls of your CrossFit affiliate and not become a better significant other parent, child, everything else, right? If you're just becoming a better person, coming from a place of care, of compassion, of empathy for other human beings, you're going to, you're going to be better everywhere. People are going to notice that about you. They're going to want to be around you. They're going to want to be like, I don't know what it is about that dude, Fern, but I want to go hang out with him more often. And, th- and that's what it's all about. And again, it's not about the other box down the road or anything else down the road not doing it up to your standard, it doesn't matter. And you're right. So many people focus on that. Well, they're giving us a bad reputation. No, they're not. They are not because the boxes that stay singularly focused, it's like you're in Virginia Beach. How many boxes are in a 10 mile radius of you? You know, probably 10. Way too many. And here's what I will tell you as a matter of fact, none of them could give me a bad reputation. The only person that gives me a bad reputation is me. So anybody who's got that argument, you need to take a long look in the mirror and you're going to continue looking at yourself. And what you're going to realize at some point is like, oh, shit, I'm just looking at me. The only person that's going to screw this up is me. It's funny how, you know, people, when they want to argue with us this specific point, they'll be like, no, people don't know enough to know that there's different CrossFits. You all share the same name. 
Well, guess what? 99% of pizza restaurants out there have the word pizza in them. We don't assume because I had bad pizza in one spot. It's going to be bad everywhere else. And even with the chain for that matter, I mean, how many of you ourselves included, you've had a bad experience at a Chipotle, at a Starbucks, at a Domino's pizza. When you travel somewhere else, you're like, oh, this is a different one. And it's so silly to me that people don't realize humans are not stupid. Like they're, they're smart enough to know well, they are. You, but Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Katie, I know I've told you this for two, three years now. Yes. Humans are dumb and lazy. However, they are smart enough to know that CrossFit isn't the same in every place. And in fact, I want to just explain my concept behind what I wrote is most people that are going to CrossFit, I'd say most, I mean, what do you think out of 10 people, Fern, someone is recommending that they go, how many, how, how often is that out of 10 people? Well, I think if you're trying to do this well and you understand the concept of best hour of their day, the vast majority will, it will either have gotten a direct referral to you or have gotten a second or ter secondary or tertiary referral via Google reviews or somebody that they heard from somebody somewhere down the line or something like that. That's if I canvas every single person that walks in their door, I can attach them to either like a direct referral or an indirect referral. And, and even I've recommended a lot of my college buddies, high school buddies, you know, I see them online and they're gaining weight and I'm like, Hey, you guys need to check out a CrossFit. And, and oftentimes it is hit back with, I don't know if I can do it. Like, it's never like, Oh, I had a bad experience. It's like, ah, that's a little intimidating. I don't think I could do pull-ups. And I'm like, fair point. You don't have to do that. And then I will look in their area for them and find two or three. Like, I don't know exactly where they live, but I'm like, how's this one, this one, or this one, as far as proximity. Cool. And then, you know, whoever's referring typically says, hey, CrossFit's different everywhere. Go try them out. Make sure it's a good fit. Make sure you like the coach. It's like I tell people with jujitsu, I don't care who my instructor is most of the time. I care that the people that I'm going to go there and roll with aren't going to actually try to break my ankles or choke me out, that they understand the concept of we're all in this together trying to get each other better. And if I recommend my buddy Kevin go check out in a box in uh, Ossining, New York, and he's like, man, that wasn't fun. I'll be like, hold, Kevin, let me find another one for you. Right. So it, this idea that they're going to get a bad experience and never come back is BS because it's on me too. It's on me to say, okay, Kevin, you didn't like, you know, CrossFit XYZ. I'm going to send you to this one and see if it's a better fit. Or they didn't have a 5 a.m. and you need a 5 a.m. Or the pricing was this and you want that. The, the concept that we're not going to um, try another CrossFit is just absurd. This is also all based on the, the, the incorrect presumption that you can't do anything about that. Let's just say that that was a real thing, that there's these bad boxes out there, right? To which my argument is always like, name the box. Where is this place? What is the name of the box? Like, stop with this nonsense. Just tell me the name and we'll just go fix it. CrossFit right? everyone. CrossFit right. everyone. Cross, it's called. CrossFit everyone, right? So, and nobody ever has an answer. They're just like, oh, gyms. And I'm like, this is just a fairy tale. Right. And this is not to say that there's not le degrees of providing service, but this idea that there's this gym that has a direct, tangible impact on your ability to run your business is nonsense. It just is. And if that's the way you feel, it's not going to take me more than about five minutes to find, uh, I don't know, a dozen things that you could be doing inside the walls of your gym that would be directly in contrast 
or combating that scenario. I mean, hey, all, like, people are afraid of CrossFit gyms. I'm like, what does your social media look like? What's your website look like? Those two things can solve that. Do you have a YouTube channel? Do you run a podcast? Do you, pro, do you write blog articles? Do you communicate via email with anybody ever, right? Do you have a referral program? When your members come in, do you take care of their injuries? All of these things are answers to that hypothetical problem. And you shouldn't be doing it to solve a problem. You should be doing it because that's what you do when you're pursuing mastery. It just by chance happens to solve that problem that you think is a problem. My good buddy, Seamus, he has four kids. He just had a, he has a 20 year old and he's got like an infant. And when, you know, when I had Madison, I was like, Hey, give me some advice, dude. That sounds like an accident. (laughs) He's remarried. If he's listening, great dude. One of my first people I ever trained jujitsu with. And uh, his advice for kids is presence is greater than presence. Right. So you have to check the spelling on that. And I think you would agree with me. I know that that's true. And, and the analogy that I want to make is oftentimes when when box owners think about best hour of their day, they're actually thinking best hour of my day. Like, what, what can I do for me that's better? That's good for the members, but they're not actually putting the members first. And and the reason I bring this up is you go to, you know, we both have daughters. It's very easy to go pick up a doll and make them happy uh, you know, or for Madison, a bath toy. She loves bath toys. But more important than that bath toy is me actually being next to her in the bathtub, right? So me thinking what's best hour of, of her day is, oh, I'll buy her a new toy. Cool. Like that's the easy answer. The hard answer is no, I'll make sure at you know, 6.30 every night my day ends so I can go sit behind beside her and, and just have fun with her. She doesn't give a shit about Barbie or bath toys. She cares that dad is playing with bubbles, being goofy with her. And the same holds true at the box. Box owners... I was like, I want to have the best hour of their day. So I'm going to add yoga class. I'm going to change uh, one class to do bodybuilding. I'm going to buy this new piece of equipment and everyone's going to love it. Uh, Or just show up and actually give a shit about your members. They don't care about doing yoga. They don't want to do bodybuilding. They're there to do CrossFit. So don't put your own beliefs and perceptions of reality on them. But presence is greater than presence. If you show up and you are a present box owner, and that doesn't have to be you, that can be a phenomenal coaching staff that goes the extra mile, that's there 10, 15 minutes prior to class to touch base and ask them how they're doing, the small things we've talked about in the past, know their Ford. Like I sat down with a member of Ralston Creek CrossFit just in passing the other day, and he, he's in recovery for like 40 years. And I was like, James, what was your turning point? Like, what was that? And like, I saw in his eyes, he's like, no one's ever asked me this. Right. And I wasn't coming from, I don't even own the box. I don't, if he didn't stay a member, it wouldn't impact me financially. I just genuinely like James and wanted to know. And if, and if you're not caring about your members from that perspective, like you just truly want to know them. And, and, you know, and then what, what did I find out in that moment? He was like, yeah, I turned 60 later this year. So what did I do? I reach out to Jeremy, the box owner. I'm like, hey, dude, we need to do something special for James's 60th birthday in May, May 24th. Like, I remember it, right? I'm like, we're three months out. We need to have a 60th birthday wad. And I know I hate those. Like, I hate when people do that, but it's important, right? Like, he's an OG member. He's turning 60, truly changed his life. This is all accidentally done. But again, going back to what you said, Fern, it's like, 
if you would have told my younger self in 2007, hey, you're going to give a shit about some stranger turning 60. I'd be like, fuck that, dude. No, I won't. But I do. Right. And it's like you can't help but develop if you don't accidentally He's die soon. It's fine. <laughs> if you don't accidentally become a human being that cares about human beings, this is there's be a personal trainer just trying to help people do chest and tries, do all the assessments you want. Chase vitality till you're fucking blue in the face, as my stepfather told me, you know, my entire childhood. But don't be a CrossFit affiliate owners because CrossFit affiliate owners have to give a shit. Yeah, it's different. And I know people like to say that it's not, but it is. And and it's different. And if and if if that's your argument, I you're you're ignoring the impact, again, going back to the whole point of this thing that CrossFit has had on on the fitness space as a whole. You're ignoring that. I believe this to be factually correct. There is no other fitness brand with more independent operators, owners than CrossFit. There's more than 10,000 of them. I think I read an article like two years ago. They're like, F45 is the fastest growing, um, you know, franchise. But like they have 2,500 gyms. And I was like, oh, 20% of CrossFit gyms. Got it. Franchise, okay. not affiliate. But my point is, it doesn't matter, right? Like, forget the forget the the Semantic. franchise versus affiliate and the semantics argument. That's not the point. The point is that there's five times as many CrossFit affiliates globally as almost any other chain that there is out there, and there's a reason for that. There's a there's a reason for that is because that means that there's 10, 15, 20,000 people that were impacted so much via this pursuit of CrossFit and to be involved with the CrossFit community, they're like, listen, I'm willing to sell the farm, live in my car for two years or live in the gym and open a CrossFit affiliate because I want other people to impact this. And what we want to make sure is that people understand the concept of best hour of their day is that that doesn't have to be detrimental to your overall life as a, as the person who's running the box, it should be both beneficial to you and the client. Now, that requires a degree of mastery, right? Just like being a great coach, you're going to have to sacrifice a lot. But if you become great, it's totally worth it to watch somebody's eyes light up because you're smart enough to know that you just need to make a subtle adjustment in their squat stance. And all of a sudden, either their lower back doesn't hurt or they get a PR in their back squat or something like that. But that took how many years for you to really, really be able to fast forward to that simple correction because you understand root cause and you've watched them move a couple different ways that you can just get right to the point. And they're like, nobody's ever told me that before. Hey, bring your hands in the overhead squat. I've been overhead squatting for three years with wrist pain. I'm like, not anymore. You're not Adrian, right? That problem is fixed. Bring your hands in, you know, that's what we're, that's what we're asking for. That's what we're asking people to acknowledge. No assessments needed. You're, your wrists look like they're going to break. How about we change that hand position? Yeah, I don't have to be a doctor to say that looks painful. <laughs> hey, does I've that got, feel good? I, no, this hurts I too, terribly. I too have wrists and I wouldn't <laughs> want them in that position. Um, and and so it's stuff like that. And I think that, again, it, it's the, the idea of Best Hour of Their Day, the reason that that you and I started the podcast and then we and then we pursued this endeavor of affiliate you and really helping affiliates, it, it's not surface level. It's deep, right? Which is the same way that we teach people. It's not surface level. It's deep. We're going to go deep. We're going to fix the things because we want you to be great at this because we know that the impact that CrossFit can have, and we understand because we've lived it and we've seen it, the ripple effect 
that that can have moving outward from you if you're pursuing being great. And I will even go this far. If you are pursuing this idea of best hour of their day and being great and pursuing mastery, even if you're doing it poorly, the impact will be profound. Because I think back eight, nine years ago, when I was not very good at this, but I really gave a shit and I can connect multiple affiliates to that, to, to that version of me, which was not good by the way, but I cared and I was into it and I really wanted people to be better. And I can name four boxes off the top of my head that started with me when I was not good, just trying to be better. And then that rippled out to them. And I don't know how many boxes ripples out from ripples out from there, but I know if you start, try to tried to calculate the number of lives impacted, it wouldn't be a small number. And that's not about me. That's every affiliate owner ever. You know, I just think to me, this idea of, of care is, is so valuable. And, you know, people are trying to attack CrossFit from all different angles these days. And the latest, greatest thing, insert whatever words you want to put there. I don't think they're wrong. I, I think there's a lot to be gained. Yes. If you wrote personal programming and you had an hour of cardio on a bike or you assessed somebody and got their knees to track out a half an inch more, will they be safer and all this? Probably. Cool. Yeah. In a vacuum, all of that is great stuff, but let's also be clear. I told you again earlier, the people that win the games are doing CrossFit. Yes. They might have a team behind them for some other things, but in general, they're doing CrossFit and what those other brands or companies or protocols lack is that idea of care. I've had people write workouts for me. I don't do them. You know why I don't do them? Because they're not fun. The person that's writing them for me doesn't give a shit if I do them or not. They may follow up. Hey, you didn't do today's workout. Great. Thank you very much. I know I didn't do it, but they're not the, the same oh, people. That that are weird. Like, I thought I did it. Yeah. They're not yeah. like, hey, is everything okay in your life? What's going on? Oh, you know, this is happening. That like Those are the things we know as box owners, as coaches. Again, accidentally, you can't fake that shit. You either care about people or you don't. Hey, I thought it would be fun to give one or two examples of sometimes we thought we were caring about our members and we were caring about ourselves. Go ahead. <laughs> As I, if I can't you wait to hear. I no, I, I mean, everybody knows mine because it's in my book. I didn't want to bring it up. You know, best hour of their day. You wrote um, a book. I, you do, know, I do tell. Do tell. That, you know, I, you, you know, I'm not here to brag. You know, that's not my style. Please um, grace Katie and I with this story. So, Katie's read the book, so she, this will be familiar to her. You've never read the book. I wrote a, a forward for the book. No. Yeah, Fern wrote a very nice forward for the book. <laughs> I, Jess wrote that. Let's be real. Jess wrote, hey, hey, honey, I need you to write something for me. Um, so anyway, we, we had the 5K programmed, and no one showed up. Every class in the evening, pretty standard. I mean, I don't go to the gym for 5K days, but you know, as an old OG CrossFitter, Fern, you know very well that the 5K is the most commonly programmed workout ever on crossfit.com. I don't know if that's still true, but at least at the time that we learned the programming lecture and for a couple of years later, it was still very true. I, I would imagine it probably still is because I, I mean, it's still a regular uh, occurrence on .com. And it was so often programmed back and it would take years for another workout to right. take over. Yeah. And, you know, knowing the value in that, Hey, it's a longer endeavor. It's 20 to 25 minutes, maybe 30 uh, you know, you're in the oxidative pathway. Everyone talks about, you know, growing your engine. That's how you grow your engine, right? And I see it to this day, like people doing, hey, we're doing the anaerobic test and we're doing this testing and that testing or this and that. I'm like, 
That's for you. And that's exactly what this was. This was for me. I know how important a 5K is because someone smarter than me said it, Coach Glassman, and you all need to do this thing. Now, by the way, I rarely did it. So I wasn't leading by example. But when no one showed up on day one, we then programmed it again on day two. Again, that's not actually providing the best hour of their day. And for so many people out there as box owners, they think what they're doing is actually giving to their members, but it's for them. Some of these silly tests, like I said, do your members actually care like where this is their anaerobic threshold you're doing? Like they want to come in, they want to have a fun time. They want to get fitter and they want to, you know, have some camaraderie. You will have a handful of members that show up for your 5k days for some sort of, you know, insane test days. But more often than not, they just want to do this CrossFit thing, right? Live your life in couplets and triplets, et cetera. As Pat Sherwood said, I wouldn't say don't program a 5K, don't program these other things, but at the same time, assess why you're doing it. One of the things that we've done really well for best hour is kind of create rules and standards that we hold ourselves to. And because we do that, our clients know that. And box owners can very easily, you know, chase squirrels and chase shiny keys and I'm not sleeping anymore. And I'm, again, I would go back and say like, why? Your members don't give a shit if you're up at 2 a.m. Your members want the best version of you. They want you to be ready and available and present at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m., whatever time your class is. So set these rules, set these standards and stop trying to chase things when in fact it's all right in front of you. You just have to do it better. Right. Just do it better. Just do that, but better. And like, again, I was having this conversation with somebody again yesterday on a small group call. And it was the, you know, the, the never ending, uh, uh, we'll call it drunk monkey of open gym. Right. And, and so we're having the conversation to ask a couple of questions and, and we kind of circled via the conversation back to the actual problem, which had nothing to do with open gym. And, what we found out was if you listen to the person and what they're saying, they're like, Hey, we want to do open gym. Cause I miss my friends and I want, we can't work out at the same time. I'm like, okay, well, that's got nothing to do with open gym. Just so that we're all on the same page. What that means is I probably should take a look at what kind of social events do I have programmed? If, I, if we're thinking about the idea of perceived value builders, like what does that look like? Cause you could scratch that itch and have them hang out with their friends and still be closed on Sundays, you could probably, you could probably work around that one and, and everybody would be totally happy, which again is always the goal, win-win. I want the staff to be happy. I want the owner to be happy. I want the community to be happy. I want anybody that interacts with the business to be happy. And again, it's just listening and caring and really understanding what it is that people want and pursue that in whatever manner that you want, but do it really well. Just do it really well. Like if you want to do personal training, we've talked about this before, if you've got no beef with personal training, but be the best at personal training. Don't pursue personal training because they're high margins. Let me say that again. If you want to do personal training because you love personal training, you want to be the best at personal training, then pursue personal training. But if you're throwing personal training out there to people who are not in the market for personal training because you want to make more money, that makes you gross. I don't know how else to say it, right? I had the same conversation with somebody yesterday about the punch cards. And I said, what's the expiration on the punch cards? 90 days, pretty, pretty standard. So if you sell punch cards and that's you, I want you to listen very closely. I said, okay, let's average this out. 10 sessions over 90 days. Let's do the quick math on that. How frequently would they need to be coming to come in? I said, roughly every nine days. 
Okay, cool. Does that sound like something that would yield results? He said, not really. And I said, then my contention is you should not sell that to that person because that's a terrible offer, right? But people sell it because they're like, well, but it's money. And I'm like, wrong answer, wrong answer. That is not in the best interest of the client, at which point you should not sell it. You should do your core thing better. And I tell you what, they'll show up more frequently, guaranteed, right? Because if you're telling me that they can't come more than once every nine days, well, then either they literally don't care about this, which is fine. I don't have any beef with anybody that doesn't care. But if they can't come any more than nine days and you're selling them that because you want the $150, that's not for them. That's for you. And that's the wrong answer. You should sell them something that they need. And if they don't buy it, that's fine. They don't have any obligation to buy it. But you should not sell them a false bill of goods, which is like, hey, this is a good deal for you. It's not a good deal for you. It's not in any way, shape, or form uh, a scenario in which you would, which, which results would happen showing up every nine days. We already know that. That is analogous with a global gym. That's exactly what it is. We're selling you a $50 membership. And by the way, we hope you don't come in. Right. So if you're listening to this and you have a punch card and you disagree with us on the fact that other boxes are giving CrossFit a bad reputation, no you're giving CrossFit a bad reputation. And it might be on purpose or it might be out of ignorance. And that's where we're hoping to educate people here, which is, again, and let me clarify this, the stance on punch cards, okay? In most instances, I am vehemently against punch cards. However, there are instances where they're a very good portion of running the business. Those typically look like very densely populated areas with people that have like very high throughput. New York, Seattle, San Antonio, where people are just busy and the throughput there and they're very hectic and they live a certain type of lifestyle, that could be a great option. But I would still contend that if it expires over 90 days, that is not beneficial to the client. Like we already know that the risk for injury, if you're not training three days a week, it goes up significantly because I don't get to see them. I don't know enough about them. I can't tell if they're having a good day or that's just their face. I don't know. So my recommendation is if you are going to do that, and for the record, I don't recommend that you do it, but that should be limited to like 45 days, right? I should see you at a, the bare minimum once every four days to come in and train, okay? And box owners will try to convince you, no, no, it's because they're training for marathons or they're doing other endeavors. Cool. What are these other endeavors? How are their scores? Are they getting better? You don't know any of that because all you cared about was that punch card sale. And again, it goes back to what I said and, and what Fern just said. It's not don't have punch cards, but I guarantee most of you don't live in that metropolitan area like Fern is suggesting. And you also have no follow through on this person. They show up once every nine days, if that, and more than likely, they just never show up at all. And you've made 150 bucks and that's what's giving a bad reputation. Oh, you know, my... Everybody talks about CrossFit Cares and this great community. I bought a punch card. They never reached out to me. Does that sound good? No, that is the answer. Just so we're all on the same page. No, it doesn't. That sounds terrible. And I get it, right? And I so I do want to 
some empathy on this. Like, I understand why you would do it, whether it's because somebody told you that's what you should do or everybody else was doing it and you followed suit or because the business is going well and you just didn't know how else to make a sale. I get it. I've yeah, been there. I've sold all, I've sold all that shit before. And in some instances, like people that work with us, like at some instances, I will default to bad ideas because practical is practical. And sometimes we just need to do bad ideas in the short term. However, long-term, that is not the answer. It might be practical today because that's just what needs to happen. But long-term, the pursuit of best hour of their day is fix that. That's a problem. And putting a Band-Aid on it by selling something that is bad for the client is not the answer. It's fixing the problem. Why aren't people staying? Why don't they want to come more frequently? You know, Why is the business not making any money? Why do I have a turnstile of coaches? Why does our social media suck? Why is our retention not net three? All those questions can be reverted back to and reverse engineered into you're not pursuing mastery or the best hour of people's day. It all comes back to that. And it's nothing sexy. It's nothing complicated. It's just acknowledging like, hey, we should really look at this through a very critical lens and say, what could we do better? What do we need to improve? And what would that look like? Katie's been very quiet on this episode. So I want to give her the opportunity to, what's up, Katie? It was, it was going back and forth, took a lot of she's, notes. It was she's very- crying. She's crying. crying. Yeah, she's was, out, yeah. <laughs> very um, so Katie, I just want to give you this opportunity because we're going to wrap this episode up. I, I'd say most people, Katie, you, you can agree with me on this, define me as uh, punctual and very organized. Everybody defines you that way. Literally and, every and, single and person. And by everybody, uh, we are, we are, that is- <laughs> Or mean the opposite of the actual CrossFit everyone. Of it. CrossFit yeah. everyone. <laughs> it's the opposite of the literal term, everybody. We'll, yeah. we'll use that expression when someone says that. CrossFit everyone. So to wrap up on time, but I have something written down. So I'd like to read it because I'm organized. Is that cool, Katie? Do you have time for that? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Is that why, why that was what you were going to ask me? <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say. I wanted you. I, to I legitimately thought he was going to ask your input. He was just yeah, asking. He's for like, no, hey, can I, you're asking permission. Sure, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I give you well, permission to read something you wrote. Well, prior to that, I was asking for confirmation about the punctual mm. and well-organized piece. Yeah, I well, cannot confirm that. I'm sorry. At this point, we <laughs> so, can all see the actual answer to that, which is. I, we, I had written this ahead of time, and you know, we, we talked about this episode, so I like to read this and then obviously fill in anything you'd like, Fern, and then Katie, you can fade to black at the end. This is gonna. This is going to just, you know, it's a tearjerker. It's a tearjerker what I'm about to read. Uh, so what does best hour of their day mean? Fern and I get asked very consistently, how do you run a successful gym? When people ask us this, they want something tangible. They hope we respond with, here's the blueprint. These are your class hours. These are the colors to paint your walls. This is the programming to follow. And the list goes on. We can give you all of that in extreme detail and your gym may still fail. Yes, those pieces are important, but no one joins your gym and they certainly don't stay at your gym because your walls are blue or yellow or pink. They stay at your gym because you make them feel good. They stay at your gym because you know their name, you know what they do, you know that it's their birthday or that they're having a bad day. They stay at your gym because they know you give a shit. So it's a hard question to answer. I used to respond with get a good accountant and start small, both of which I still believe to be true, but that doesn't cut it. The truth is you have to care. Care, 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 care. I tell up and coming coaches when your members leave for the day, I want them thinking, I can't wait to come back here tomorrow. For many, the gym is their safe haven, their happy place. Go to your happy place. That was a 
Chubbs, Chubbs reference. It's it's time away from their kids. It's stress relief. It's a it's a stress relief after a hard day at the office. It's where they can escape the talks about politics. It's where everyone knows your name. The term best hour of their day is cliche. It's cheesy and it's overused, but it's still true. Coaching is more than just helping people move better. It's more than a talk at the whiteboard or a good cue that helps you PR. A good coach makes people feel special. A good coach makes it obvious that the members in their class come first. A good coach is selfless, oftentimes to a fault. A good coach can be having a bad day and no one would ever know any better. If you're listening to this podcast, it's because someone helped provide you with the best hour of your day. What was it about that experience? What was it they did to make you think to yourself, I want to do this. I want to help others on their journey. Most likely it's because when you walked in those doors, you forgot all of your problems, your concerns, and your worries. They realized what you needed in that hour and they gave it to you. It wasn't about them. It was about you. It's now your opportunity, your privilege to do the same for others. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Best Hour of Their Day podcast. We appreciate you listening and choosing to have us help you in your passion for coaching and affiliate ownership. You can find more episodes just like this on all podcast platforms. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach out to us on any social media platforms, or you can visit www.besthouroftheirday.com to book a call. If you found this episode helpful for you, please share it so that we can help other coaches and affiliate owners to help build a bigger and stronger CrossFit community. Thanks for listening.